Welcome to the Life Tree Community Church Podcast. These are recorded during our weekly services in Robbinsville, New Jersey. Our prayer is that these messages help you grow in your personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing else happened this week, right? Um, maybe something happened Tuesday. I'm not sure. Tuesday, Wednesday, maybe it was Wednesday morning. I don't know. Anybody, anybody really tired on Wednesday morning? Like anybody really, really tired on Wednesday morning? You stayed, and you know, you stayed up too late. Yeah, you shouldn't have done it. You shouldn't have done it. Um, not sure if you heard, there was an election. There was an election, and um, it's amazing. There was 121 million votes cast in America, as far as we know at the moment, because apparently they're still counting. But 121 million votes, more or less, and uh, the difference between the two was 600,000. 600,000. 120 million. And the difference was 600,000. Um, and uh, it was only 600,000 more votes for the candidate who lost. Yeah. So close. So close. Um, don't, don't know what to say about that, but um, it's safe to say that our world, um, our country, our state, our towns, our families, can we agree that we're divided? Yes, we can agree that we are divided. I mean, that's about as even a split as you can get, right? I mean, that's like straight down, like 60 million, 60 million, and we'll throw in a little bit of a difference here. Uh, It's hard to believe, um, and I'm not going to get political this morning, so don't worry, but it's hard to believe that these were the two best candidates for leadership in our country. It really is. I mean, it's not a commentary. Like, this is just, uh, does anybody feel happy? That this is what our country has come to. Like, does anybody feel good about it? Like, after, like, you know, I've, I heard people say, you know, when we voted, I went home and I took a shower, right? Like, because I was felt dirty. Like, um, we don't like this. Nobody's happy with the result. Nobody's happy with where we are, right? And so I know the problem. Okay, it's very, very clear what the problem is. The problem is that the systems are broken, right? The political system is broken. The Republican Party is broken. The Democratic Party is broken. The uh, Independent Party is broken. Our educational system is broken. So my response is very simple. I just blame the systems. That's what we should do. Because um, it's definitely not my fault. I'm just a voter, right? It's, I'm just a voter. It's not, it's not my fault. Um, as someone once said, if voting made a difference, they wouldn't let us do it, right? So, like, it's just, yeah. No, see, the problem with political jokes is they get elected. Um, oh, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, just kidding. Please don't email me. Okay. But it's so easy to blame the systems that got us here, isn't it? Isn't it easy to point the fingers and say it's the systems, the system's broken. Like, that's why we're where we are, because, right, the politics has all become about money or whatever you think it's about. It's a game, and, like, we can blame the system. But... The more I thought about it, I don't think people are really divided over the systems. Systems are inanimate. They're just a, it's a system. It's something um, we created. We change them. They do what we tell them to do. You know, we got some computer programmers. You know what a system does? Whatever you tell it to do. Like, that's what happens. We create systems. Um, and no system is perfect. But it's just something we create. So are we perfect? No. So we don't create perfect systems. So a system is what it is. Um, and I can tell you that the system we have right now is perfectly designed to get the results that we're seeing. That's, that's like business, right? Like you, your, your business, your organization is perfectly designed to accomplish the results that you're seeing. You know, your, your body, right, is perfectly designed the way your workout system 
right? You are achieving the results of the system. If you don't like the results, you've got to change the system, right? But the system's not to blame, right? You make the system. You decide what you want to do. Um, and I think what happens is if we blame the system, it's just a deflection. It's a deflection mechanism. We're just trying to shift the blame. Well, they may be broken, and we can maybe we can debate whether the systems are broken all day long. So I'm not going to do that. Um, but I don't think we're divided about the systems. I think we're divided because we as people are acting divisively. I think it's, I think it's us. I don't think it's the system. It's us. We don't do disagreement well. We don't. We don't disagree very well. Like, we're, we're the people, right? We the people. Right? We are the church. And if we don't like the results we're getting with the systems that we've created, who's to blame? Wow, this is going to be a good day at church. Oh, I'm telling you, Pastor Dan, what did you learn? Huh? He blamed us for the election. Okay. If we don't like what we have, it's our fault. But what we want to do is we want to blame somebody else. And so we point fingers at other reasons why we're where we are. And instead of owning where we are. We've become one nation, maybe or maybe not under God, but very divisible. Right? It's miserable. <laughs> Anybody remember car rides with brothers and sisters? Like long car rides? Right? You're in my space. He's crossing the line. Right, remember my, like, you're breathing my air, right? Come on, like, right? You, you know this, like, he's looking at me. I don't like the way he's looking at me. I'm not looking at you, but they're just sitting there back there doing this, you know, but I'm not touching him. I'm not touching him, you know, like, okay. Those rides were torture, all right? It's worse as a parent. When you have to hear it, oh my gosh. Like, all right, we're going to play a silent game now. <laughs> Ready to go. Like, everybody. S- sustained hostility. Oh, it's exhausting. And really, it's ultimately destructive. We can't live this way. We cannot live divided. The inevitable end of a house divided. Jesus talked about this very clearly. Jesus said this. Every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined. And every city or household divided against itself will not stand. Divided means broken into parts, right? It's the word it says when Jesus broke bread. It says he divided into parts. It means pulling apart into pieces. There's a kingdom, a family that is broken into pieces will be ruined. It means made a wasteland, desolate, a wilderness, uninhabitable. It will not stand. It will collapse. It can no longer sustain itself. Division falls apart. applies to families. We know families divided cannot stand. It applies to, to teams. You've maybe been on a sports team or a, or a group. You've seen it happen there. It happens in business. It happens in communities. It happens to churches. Churches divide and they can't stand. It happens to organizations. They divide and they can't stand. That's happened in our country. And the truth is that this whole thing is going to break apart if we stay this way. We're not okay as people right now. We say this, we're not okay. Our country is not okay. We're not healthy, we're not okay. We are divided. We are sick. 
You feel it when you walk into work. You feel it when you turn on the news. You feel it when you check into Facebook. You, 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 you feel it when you're in your classrooms. You feel it when you're in your community, when you drive. You feel it everywhere. We had the kids, we went to the food court, the Quaker Bridge Mall, and you just feel it walking down the mall. You just feel this tension. It's not okay. Social media, can, has, it's an all-out war. Am I exaggerating? You read what people are writing? Does this feel good? We're going to talk about happy people. Where are they? Because I don't, I don't, you know. I wish somebody would post a picture of breakfast. Just something else. We're headed for ruin. And, and no political party can pull us out of it. We know this. The principle of the path. Every road has a definitive end. If you don't want to end up where the road leads, you know what you have to do? You've got to pick a different road. It's the principle of the path. This path leads that way. You don't like where that is going, you've got to pick a different path. The question is, how did we get here? And how do we get out of here? Every time you realize that you've lost your way, every time that we realize that we are not on the road we want to be on, and you go, okay, how do I get out of here? Can I tell you if there's one solution? You know what the solution is? It's the North Star. It's our compass. It's our guide. It's the shepherd of the sheep. Right? It's the light in darkness. All right? It's the lamp to your feet, the light to your path. It's the King of Kings, the Lord of the Lords, the one who knows exactly where you are and exactly where you need to go. It's Jesus. Anytime you don't know how to get where you want to go and you know you're not on the right road, you go to Jesus. I'm telling you, there's no other way. Now, here's the thing. We've been looking at the Beatitudes for these past few weeks. It's a, the Beatitudes are a, a, a sermon that Jesus preached up on a mountain to a bunch of Jewish people. All right? And he goes through about eight things and he says, hey, let me tell you who the happy people are. And he starts pointing out things. And it's totally not who you'd, who you'd expect. We've been doing this series. If so if you're just coming in, that's okay. I'll kind of give you a quick recap. He says, you know, the happiest people are the poor in spirit. Those who, who think, who know that they're nothing. They don't think of themselves as like, you know, they know they're nothing, but they have everything. He says, there's the grieving, who are not okay because they know they're gonna be. He says, it's the meek, those who keep calm, who keep their power under control. They keep calm, but they, but they keep going. They carry on. He says it's the starving, those starving for everything wrong to be made right. I mean, it just doesn't sound like happy people. It's those who pay what they don't owe. He says those who are pure in heart, who are the real deal. Right? It's all these heart things. It's not about people who, like, you know what I think? I think the happy people are those who win. Who get what they want. I don't know how you voted, but either way, nobody felt happy. Winning. I, you need to know, I, I planned this message like a year ago. I planned my messages in November for the following year. So actually this coming week, our staff's going away for a staff retreat for two days. And I will plan out 2017. We do a year, we, I have a sermon map. So I, I know where I'm preaching a year in advance. I lay it out. We're good. So it just, I have a map. I know where I'm going. I planned this last November. I, I I maybe knew there was an election, but you don't know a year in advance what's going to happen, right? <laughs> Can I tell you the message for today is just the next beatitude that we've been going? And it's amazing how God works. Because maybe God was speaking last November, because today it just so happens 
that God has something to say today. And this is it. Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Ready? God blesses those who work for peace. For they will be called the children of God. Like we can go home, right? You get it. God's just, God wants us to know that it's the peacemakers. The happiest people are peacemakers. Peacemaker comes from two words, peace and maker. <laughs> it's deep. You can go re- way, way back into the Greek for that one. Peace, it's a state of harmony, right? Of unity. Absent of rage and war and a maker is one who brings it forth, who bears fruit of it. Who's the author, the catalyst, the initiator, the effector. A peacemaker is someone whose life produces harmony and peace in others. Not complicated. That's a peacemaker. See, God is the greatest example of a peacemaker. Hostility is nothing new. It's been around as long as there have been people. It was definitely present in the time of Jesus between the Jews and Gentiles. They didn't get along. If you don't know what a Gentile is, it's anybody who's not Jewish. <laughs> there you go. So you got Jews and anybody who's not Jewish, and they didn't get along. It just, they just did not get along. And so it's funny because God's ironic like this. He sent Paul, who was a Jew, to go talk to the Gentiles, the non-Jews, and, and clarify some things for them. And we're going to read this in Ephesians. It'll be on the screen because I think it's so relevant to, for today. It helps us just put this in it helps us see it. And so this is Paul, a Jewish man, talking to people who are not Jewish. Right? And he says this, Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. A Jew, talking to Gentiles. You used to be outsiders, he says. You were called uncircumcised heathens. To hear that like, like they heard it, you can insert whatever offensive name you'd like there. How about this? Deplorables, liberals, baby killers, ignorant, racist, radicals, greedy, uneducated, immigrants, whatever you want to do. Insert your offensive, right, word there. You used to be called uncircumcised heathens. We had names for you. We called you names. By the Jews who were proud of their circumcision. You can insert meaningless value there who are proud of their skin color of their bank account of their resume of their address of their education says even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts right we were divided we called you names over things that didn't matter not 27 to 2016 right this was 2000 years ago it's nothing new hostility right continues verse 12 in those days he says you We're living apart from Christ. There was great space between you and God. He says, you were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel. We were the special people. And you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. Just think about what that feels like. Perhaps you know what that feels like. Living in a world without God and without hope. You get up every day and there's no God. You have no hope. Think about that kind of an existence. He says, that's what your life used to be like. And then the two greatest words in all of Scripture. You ready for them? But now. Oh, I love those two words. But now you have been united with Christ. Something changed. Something changed. He says this. Once you were far away from God. Here they come again. But now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. I guess, again, you didn't cause this. You didn't do this. God brought it to you. 
You are led by someone else who made this happen. Who did this? Verse 14. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. All right, this is the part where we learn about God. In case you, we need to know about God. Here's what God has to say. Ready? Colossians. We're going to skip. We're going to pause on that Ephesians for a minute. Go to Colossians. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Very simply, Jesus looks like God. So if you don't know what God looks like, we read about Jesus and we find out who God is. Christ is the visible of the invisible. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away. From God, you were his enemies, separated from him by your thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Here's the thing, when God looks at you, you are hostile to God. You are against God. He says, guess what? I look at you and I see holy. I look at you and I see spotless. I see pure. I see perfection because I see Jesus when I look at you. That's what Jesus did for us. God has made peace between your hostile heart and his holy heart. Go back to Ephesians. Not only did God make you right with him, he united Jews and Gentiles, Republicans and Democrats, black, white and brown, rich and poor, young and old, elite and overlooked, citizen and immigrant, you and me and all of us. That's not in the, yeah, it's there. That's my version. It's in my Bible. It says, God made you one people. When in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separates us. We are divided and God breaks down the walls. Not going to go there. Just telling you, he breaks down walls. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating himself one new people from two groups. Can I tell you, if God can make Jews and Gentiles one, he can make anybody one. These people were hostile. They called each other names. There were signs saying, you're not welcome in this city. You don't belong here. This is space you are not. They had armies to fight. You're not welcome here because of who you are, because of where you were born, because of your family, because of what you do. It wasn't, had nothing to do with who they were on the inside, but everything with who they were on the outside. And if God can make one people out of them, there's nobody God can't unite. So this is what God does. He brings you into peaceful relationship with himself. It starts between you and God. And that peace between you and God overflows into your relationship with everybody else. If you are not at peace with God, we can never be truly peaceful with anybody else. See, but God, he rewrites systems. Together as one body continues, Christ reconciled both groups to God. By means of his death on a cross. And our hostility toward each other was put to death. I don't know who you're hostile to this morning. There may be people that really, really bother you. When you read what they write, oh man, you get... When God moves in, he removes your hostility for others. And here's the truth. You can't try hard enough to remove that hostility yourself. You can't love big enough. You can't be open-minded enough. You can try and be as open-minded as possible. And there are still people that are closed-minded. Oh, I'm I'm open-minded, but I can't stand those closed-minded people. 
There you go. Right there. You can't try hard enough to remove hostility from your heart. But God is the great peacemaker. And he can remove our hostility toward others. And when he does, it's final. He says, I put to death your hostility. It's not something you'll battle with or it's not as bad. No, it's gone. It's in the ground. It's six feet down. Buried, dirt over it, moved on, put some flowers on it. It's over. If God has your heart, there's no room for hostility. Think about that. It says, He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from Him, and peace to the Jews who were near. See, God brings it to you. He puts it right in front of you. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. I know I'm reading a lot of the Bible, but I can't say it better. The grace of God unites us. We're divided. Hey, guess what? We're all sinners and we need Jesus. It's amazing how it erases all those differences we see and all those divisions. You ready for this? Verse 19. So now, you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with God's holy hill. You ready for this? You are members of God's family. Hmm, I just heard that somewhere. The happiest people are the peacemakers. And they'll be called what? Children of God. It says the same thing here. You are no longer foreigners. You are now members of God's family. You are sons and daughters. Together, we are His house. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus Himself. We are carefully joined together in Him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Can I tell you, the best expression of unity in our world is the church. We should be the most unified community anywhere because of Jesus. Because of Jesus, no division. When churches split, oh man, that's the enemy. And it's a terrible representation of God. We are the church. And because of the peace God has brought us, we can bring peace to the world. That's what God does and that's what His children do. God blesses those who work for peace for they will be called children of God. People say all the time, I look like my dad. Anybody ever get that? You know, it's probably the nose. It's my nose. Yeah, it's the nose. I don't know. So people say, I look like my dad. Anybody ever get that? You look like your parent, you know? Anybody ever get you sound like your parent? You ever, you ever say something and yourself go, I sound like my dad. I sound like my mom. Oh my gosh, I've become my father. I've become my mother, right? You say things and you're like, I can't believe I'm saying this right now. As the words are coming out of your mouth, you're like, I can't believe it. Oh my gosh, I just sound like, right? Every time a baby gets born, what do they say? Oh, who does he look like? Looks like you, looks like if, yeah. Children have the characteristics, the mannerisms, the personality, the traits of their parents. It's what happens when they live in the same house. It just happens when they grow up. When you and I are peacemakers, when we make peace with people, you know what happens? We sound like God. We look like God. Right? People go, hey, that, that reminds me of somebody. Here's, here's the statement for the morning. The happiest people, they look like God, and everybody knows it. The happiest people look like God, and everybody knows it. That girl, man, she's always bringing people together. She looks just like Jesus. Right? That guy, that kid, he's always stopping people from fighting. So he's always helping people get together, man. He looks a lot like Jesus. 
people know the difference between a divider and a peacemaker. Right? Just, just, just read any social media. Read comments. You want to read comments? You can tell. Are you a divider or are you a peacemaker? And it's more than just changing the subject or redirecting angry people. Okay? Peacemakers aren't just people who divert. Right? It's not just manipulating a situation so things de-escalate. That's, that's not a peacemaker. That's just somebody who's, who just wants calm at, all, at any cost. All right? Hey, we're going to play, you know, play the silent game. Right? Like I said before, like, that's it. Like, that, that's not a peacemaker. A peacemaker brings people together. So what does that really look like? Well, first it starts with you making peace with God. God brings it to you today. And I don't know where everybody is today, but perhaps you're here and you're at odds with God. It's a very real possibility that you've got some anger at God over things in your life. Until you make peace with God, true peace with others is impossible. So perhaps today that's the next step for you. You need to make peace with God. Now, he's done his part, and he will keep doing his part. He brings it to you. But you have to do yours. And it can be as simple as acknowledging the truth that, yeah, okay, God, I'm, I'm willing to admit. I've got issues with you. Can I just, God's big enough, he can handle it. Right? God's not going to be like, I can't, how dare you? I can't believe you said that to me. You can say, God, I've got some problems. But I want peace with you, God. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of being divided. Maybe that's your next step. Or the second is choosing to be, maybe choosing to be meek, to be power under control, self-controlled. Dr. Robert Roden is a uh, very wise man. And uh, I know him personally. And he said this, we all carry two buckets of water. One of water and the other of gasoline. And he said, when we encounter a potentially divisive issue... Each of us has a choice of what we want to dump on it. Of water or measure of gasoline. Can I ask you today, what have you added? What are you adding? You adding gasoline? You adding water? Water is life-giving. Healing. Gasoline? Hmm. Ever get some gas on your hands at the gas station? It takes a while to go away. It just lingers. It's explosive. And perhaps today you would just say, you know, if we're really honest, if we're really honest, and I'm not going to put anybody on the spot, but if you're really honest, you'd say, you know, I've probably only been adding to the divide. Can I tell you there's forgiveness? Today's a new day. God says Grace. He also says, uh, go and be different now. Stop it. Stop it. Second Timothy says, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. Be able to teach. Ready? Be patient with difficult people. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. It doesn't say yell, doesn't say rant and rave, it says gently. God did not oppose us violently to get our attention. He didn't come and beat you into submission. He came gently. We have a choice, water or gasoline. And how and why and what you do matters. Perhaps today you need to change what you've been adding to the conversation. I don't know. Third 
you can lead the way. Take initiative. Take responsibility for bringing peace. That's what peacemakers do. See, because God led the way in making peace. Here's very simple. Just go first. Initiate. Peacemakers go first. They don't wait for somebody. I'll be a peacemaker if they come to me. You are not a peacemaker. You are a peace receiver. Peacemakers go first. Reach out. Start the conversation with someone who you know you disagree with. Perhaps that's the last thing they'd expect. And here's the most important part of that one. Okay, if you're going to do that one, if you're going to lead, you've got to do this. You've got to listen. you really got to listen. Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Seek first to understand, then be understood. I've heard another way. People don't care what you know until they know that you care. God knew all about you when he came to you. The reason we trust God is that we know he cares about who we are more than what we can do for him. When you come into a conversation, when you've got conflict with somebody, will you really listen? It's amazing what happens when you actually let people talk. Perhaps you'll hear something you've never thought of. Dr. Richard Dobbins said this, always listen to your critics. They may be the only people telling you what you need to know. Yeah, it's funny, we go into conversations in these divisions thinking we know it all. You know what? You got a thousand blind spots. Somebody might actually teach you something. Because odds are you're not all right and they're not all wrong. As much as we like to think that way. Humility. I'm going to lead the way in making peace. I'm going to go first and I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen. And finally, this is the hardest one. I'm going to end with it. Peacemaking looks like loving people you disagree with. I don't know if you've ever heard these words before, but it goes something like this. Uh, love your neighbor. You've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That you may be children of your father in heaven. This theme. Like the father, like the son. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unjust. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? It's easy to agree with people on your side. Are not even tax collectors doing that? Tells you what Jesus thinks of tax collectors. Hope you don't work for the IRS. It says, if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? It says, don't even pagans, don't even sinners do that. People who could care less about God. Just be perfect, therefore, your Heavenly Father is perfect. Some challenging questions for us, but what have you done in the last week to express love to people you disagree with? Are you loving them? God loves you even when you're far from Him. Even when you rage against Him and accuse Him of all sorts of things, God keeps on loving you. We sang it this morning. His love never fails. See, peacemakers love the hard to love. And peacemakers love those who, can, who stand opposed to them. This is not something we can do on our own. It sounds so hard. It's because it is. It's impossible. You can't be a peacemaker in your own strength. It's just not possible. People are just too complicated, too annoying. Good luck. Go try. You know you can't do it. You cannot love those on the other side on your own. You don't have it in you. Nobody does. But when we realize that God has made peace with us, He does something. 
And it gives us the power to make peace with other people beyond ourselves. And not only love them, here's the practical application, but pray for them. So if God answered your prayers for your enemies, would they still be alive? Are you praying for their good or for their demise? This is their actual question. If God answered all your prayers for your enemies this past week, would heaven be any fuller? I heard this question posed at the conference we were at and said this, we're not building churches, we're not building organizations, we're not building countries. We're filling heaven. That's our job. We are here to fill heaven. What are you praying for your enemies? It's amazing what happens, not just in them, but in you, when you pray for somebody on the other side. It's amazing what God will do in you when you pray for somebody. If we can learn from Jesus today, He's pointed out who the happiest people are. They look like God. And everybody knows it. And I tell you, it's pretty amazing what people can do. You know our country. I mean, we got health care. we got hospitals. Right? We've got health care systems and police and fire and emergency services and relief organizations. We've got compassion ministries and counselors and food programs and Meals on Wheels. There are an endless number of incredible organizations in our world. We know this. We see them all around us. And that's happening in the midst of a totally divided world. Can you imagine what we could do if we actually worked together? Can you imagine what this church could be if we actually worked together? If peace was the norm and division was unusual. If we refused to accept division as a way of life and work for peace because the author of peace worked so hard for us to have it. All right, I'm closing. It's the third time I've said it. We don't have to do anything different. You can leave and go about life and go back to normal. Walk out those doors and continue to live without hope and discouraged and tense because of all the hostility and division world. And just go back and say, that's just the way it is. Nothing I can do about it. Just a voter. But just so you know, the happiest people they're the peacemakers. Jesus says, hey, I'm not telling you to do it. I just want to point this out to you. In case you're curious, the, the truly happiest people in the world, they make peace. We can't continue to be divided and expect our society to go anywhere good. But we serve the God who can heal all things. And he can make two totally opposite people come together as one. He can heal. He can heal. It's called a miracle. It's kind of what he does. Happy are the peacemakers. They'll be called God's kids. That's our thought for you today. I'm going to close in prayer. On the back of your connection card after I do, there's an opportunity for you to respond today. Today's not so much like an emotional ending, like really. Today, it's just a choice. It's up to us. Do we want to be peacemakers? Or do we want to just add to the divide? We get to choose. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, 
God, first and foremost, I thank you that you made peace with us. Lord, that you brought it to us. You came, you initiated, you went first. You cared more about who we were than what we could do for you. You loved us so much, Lord. Your heart is always for us and you're relentless after us. Even when we were far away from you, when we were hostile towards you, Lord, you never stopped coming. Lord, you could have said, fine, go your own way, but you didn't. You pursued us. You ran after us. And you never gave up on us. And today we are here in this room because you continue to come after us. It's the only reason we're here today. Whether we're aware of it or not, the reason we are here today is you are relentlessly pursuing us. You want to make peace with us. Lord, we thank you for that. And just in this moment, as, as we're praying, if today you just say, you know, I, I've been far from God, but I want, I want to be at peace with Him. I want to accept that. God has come to you right now. You say, you know, I, just, I need peace with God. I want to be right with God. I'm tired of being far from Him. If that's you, I just want to invite you just, just to raise your hand and say, God, that's me. God, that's me. Go ahead and just raise your hand right now. See those hands. Anybody else? Heavenly Father, you see our hearts. You see those who've acknowledged today that they want to be at peace with you. God, do it. In this moment, God, I thank you that it's done. I thank you that we are now at peace with you. Lord, and I ask that we would continue to walk with you. Lord, plant that seed of peace in our heart and let it grow and bear, bear fruit. Lord, so that our lives would be peaceful. That we would be peacemakers, God. And if you're here today and you say, I, I want to be a peacemaker. I want God to use me in that way. I don't want to add to the divide. I want God to use me to bring peace to this world. If that's you, would you just raise your hand and say, God, that's me. God, help me to do that. God, you see our hands. You see our hearts. Lord, let us start with us. Let us be relentless to make peace in this world. To not add to the division, to not add to the hostility, to not add to the war. Lord, let us, because of what you've done in our hearts, bring peace to this world. I thank you, God. Thank you. We continue to walk with you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were encouraged by this message. For more information about Life Tree, please check us out online at lifetreecc.com.